Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're doing another nonprofit spotlight today. We want to shine a light on your favorite nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. And here's your chance, if it's a nonprofit or individual doing good, uh, to take a couple minutes. Email us or call us and uh, shine a light on the on that good being done in our community. We want to encourage this. Of course, there's a lot of good that's uh, being done. And uh, sometimes uh, folks are a bit under the radar. We want to, uh, at least for a minute, shine the light on them. Amy Anderson, Director of Outreach for Sunshine Terrace Foundation, Spiritual Counselor with uh, Sunshine Hospice in Logan, joins us for the hour. Thanks for coming in. Oh, you're so welcome, Tom. It's always such a great time to spend, and I love sharing what our community is doing. And encourage everybody, call in if there's something you know that's happening today. Uh, here's how, how you do that. So the number is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Uh, don't worry right now, that's not the pledge number. Um, <laughs> although, you know, you could you could give to UPR. We're still, we're still uh, haven't fully uh, reached our goal for the, for the drive. But that's not the, the main purpose right now. Call 800-826-1495 to shine a light on, on your favorite nonprofit. Well, and I would say, though, I think UPR does so much for our community, too, Tom. I mean, I, yeah, I know you have sponsorship grant opportunities available for nonprofits in our valley. So if people are having an event, I know the Walk to End Alzheimer's has taken advantage of that. Sunshine Terrace has taken advantage of that opportunity. So thanks to everything that Utah Public Radio does as well, not only for for Cache Valley, but across the state. You are great advocates for for people, for individuals, and for organizations, and really appreciate what you all do. Well, thank you for that. We appreciate being a, a member of the community, right? Um, and so the other way you can get to us is upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com, or 800-826-1495. We want to hear from you. Uh, shine a light on your favorite nonprofit or uh, individual. It doesn't have to be northern Utah. It could be southern Utah or wherever you're listening. So, uh, Amy, what, what's the first uh, thing you, or organization or individual you want to spotlight? Well, I would love to highlight um, Cash Community Connections. This is an interfaith and civic organization that was founded on the heels of September 11th. They just celebrated um, 20 years. Um, COVID pushed that back um, for a year with an event um, that was attended by two of the founders and American Festival Chorus, which is another great organization here, provided the, the music. It was wonderful. But if you're not familiar with this organization, I encourage you to go to their website. It's Cash Community Connections. And they have a section on that that's called Connecting Neighbors. And they've conducted a series of interviews with people throughout our community talking about what they bring to the table, what their experience has been. It includes people like Jimmy Moore and Sabor Sahaley from Angie's, who's who's just a very generous businessman here, um, Darren Perry, um, Claire Ahn, Father Joshua Maria Santos. So I encourage you, just go there and look and, and watch the videos. They're all relatively short, but it really does give you a flavor for how our community has come together, the different experiences we have based on our our age, our ethnicity, our faith. It's a pretty phenomenal um, uh, video series that they've put together. So I encourage people to go look at it. So Cash Community Connections. Cash Community Connections. Okay, yeah, uh, or encourage people to check that out. Uh, we had an, uh, an email come in from our call. Thank you, UPR, for taking time to highlight the nonprofit organizations and individuals doing such good in our community. Below is our organization's spotlight. 
Unicorn Theater Nonprofit Children's Theater. Unicorn Theater, theater by children for children. Ruth Burley Call uh, founded Unicorn Theater in 1962 to provide affordable, quality, creative uh, uh, drama training for children in Cache Valley, helping develop their uh, talents and self-esteem. Unicorn Theater also provides an outlet for children's growing creativity by offering opportunities to participate in live theatrical productions as actors, technicians, and audience members. Unicorn Theater encourages children's interest in and appreciation for the arts. Unicorn Theater has continued to be a treasured asset for Cache Valley. We are located at Cache Arts, and class and production details can be found at unicorntheater.net. I should note that it's the... Uh, it's the elegant English spelling, R-E. Unicorn, ah. <laughs> Unicorntheater.net is, is where you go to find out more about that. Unicorn Theater, children, uh, theater by children for children. That is a wonderful uh, community institution. Yeah, it is. Just, we are so blessed to have great arts organizations here in Cache Valley. One thing I think people can do, too, to encourage, we're talking about how people do good in our community. Right now, um, there's a survey that's being conducted. It's the Arts and Economic Prosperity Study, and it's an anonymous research study. So if you are attending an arts event over the next, um, I think they're doing it for the next six months, pick up a survey and complete it. What they're trying to do is... Um, ascertain what economic impact the arts has here on our community. It was done a few years ago. It's pretty impressive, um, just the amount of economic value that the arts bring. And I think Wendy Hassan has talked about this in the past, but just one of the really unique things in many communities, the arts, the arts patrons are at the higher socioeconomic level. Those are the individuals that the arts reach. But here in Cache Valley, when they look at the socioeconomic status of individuals, it's the average person. So the fact that our arts are accessible to people through the children's programs that many people do, through the discounted tickets that people are available to get, it's there really is an impact. So they are doing good for our community, not only in lifting up our spirits and providing us with entertainment, but also providing that economic boost to our community as well. Yeah, that certainly is true. Certainly is true. Uh, well, we have uh, Dwight Whitaker on the line. And uh, Amy Anderson has her headphones on, so we can hear. Uh, so, Dwight Whitaker, welcome uh, to the program. Well, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this morning. I think you want to talk about Humanitarian Center. Is that uh, that's correct? Yes, the uh, Cash Valley Humanitarian Center. We're just uh, a little over a year old now. We officially started in July 1st, uh, 2021. And... Um, our primary mission is to identify unmet needs in um, in Cache Valley of those individuals who are residing here, and then we strive to meet those needs through networking, collaborating, and cooperating with nonprofits uh, who already are in existence and the uh, school districts. We consider Cache Valley to be Preston to Wellsville. So we're involved in the three local school districts, um, including Preston, Cache County, and uh, Logan City School District. So some of the things we've done, we've uh, so far uh, have assembled and distributed um, 800 and, uh, 830 uh, plus kits for uh, students going back to school. Uh, over 1,800 hygiene kits, 
and um, 150 therapy bags for individuals who are uh, involved with um, dementia or terminal illnesses. We did a coats and quilts drive last um, uh, November that resulted in the donation of over 2,000 uh, winter items. And um, also we've distributed around 5,000 books uh, for children and uh, other needs that exist within Cache Valley. So those are some of the things we've done right now. Our, our main focus is on we're weaving uh, plastic bags, recycled plastic uh, grocery bags, into sleeping mats for the homeless. We have an order uh, for about 25 of those right now. takes about 500 uh, plastic uh, grocery bags to make a sleeping mat and around two to three hours uh, to process those bags and then weave them into a sleeping mat. And those are all uh, earmarked here locally for uh, our local uh, homeless uh, in, in Cache Valley. So those are some of the main things that we've uh, done here just within our first year. So Dwight, if somebody wanted to donate um, plastic grocery bags, is there is there a way that they can, can do that or coats or, or when you have those drives, where are you located and, and what are the things that you need? Sure. Well, well thank you. We, um, uh, there are two locations right now. Uh, both are in uh, Lee's Marketplace uh, here in Logan and also in Smithfield. Uh, Lee's Marketplace has been kind enough to partner with us on the recycling of those grocery bags. We also are currently located uh, at uh, Mount Logan Middle School. The uh, Logan City School District was kind enough to let us use one of the uh, portable classrooms on the west side of Mount Logan Middle School uh, near the teacher parking uh, lot there. And uh, so we do have a couple of receptacles there for plastic bags. So those are the three locations where people can donate uh, their plastic bags. One of our our great needs right now, um, as I mentioned, takes about two to three hours to uh, complete uh, a mat, and so we need uh, volunteers to come in and, and help on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays to um, uh, flatten out the bags, cut the bags uh, to the appropriate size, and then uh, we do have two looms that we've uh, purchased, and um, people can also uh, weave those recycled bags into sleeping mats. So can you just drop in during those times? Do you prefer people call and let you know they're coming? Yeah, it would be great to know uh, if people are calling are coming in advance so we can have adequate preparation of space. Uh, uh, we're in a, It's kind of a small location, but um, we've been able to accommodate uh, 20 to 30 people at a time in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it would be great to to either email us or um, give us a call. And our, our, the best number to call right now is uh, 208-206-3270. That's 208-206-3270.
Correct. Thank you. And I noticed you have a website, if this is the correct one, cashvalleyhumanitariancenter.com. That's correct, yes. And you've, and you've got ways to get involved, including, you know, good old uh, cash, I guess. Uh, you, you, you wouldn't turn away money. Yeah. That, that's correct. Our, our, the things that we're able to achieve have been because of the generosity of citizens here in Cache uh, Valley. So we've been very appreciative of those uh, individual contributions. Oh, so, wonderful. Well, we appreciate you taking time to tell us about it. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and we appreciate the fact that you're highlighting nonprofits. Uh, uh, in Cache Valley. They provide a great service, and uh, many people don't realize, but the uh, service that nonprofits provide help people, for the most part, to get from being a tax user to being a taxpayer. So that's an important uh, concept. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Well, uh, Dwight Whitaker from uh, Cache Valley Humanitarian Center has been with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, again, the Cache Valley Humanitarian Center dot com is the uh, probably easiest contact point to to get to them. Um, and uh, we're we're going to be hearing from a couple of other uh, nonprofits that we have uh, arranged uh, coming up about nine thirty, about nine forty five. But plenty of time in this hour for us to hear from you and the way you reach us is by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or you can call us toll-free, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. I don't know why we still say toll-free. I guess I'm old. <laughs> you are old, Tom. Because I'm if you're, sorry. you're calling from your cell phone, you're going to get charged. <laughs> oh, it's not a huge charge. Yeah. Really, really, companies charge for data anymore, right? But uh, but it's, it's really not toll-free for you. Uh, anyway, you can call. You can call the number 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Uh, so I want to um, highlight the Bridgeland Audubon Society. Hilary Shugart emailed us, uh, and she used upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, the Bridgeland Audubon Society, she says, is pleased to announce that it's time to order bird seed to help attract feathered friends for the annual Logan and Cache Valley Christmas Bird Count. So that's coming up. So I guess in preparation for that, you order your bird seed. The annual uh, seed sale helps support local environmental advocacy, research, conservation, and education. Bridgeland Audubon Society legacy projects, including the founding of Stokes Nature Center, the development of Denzel Stewart Nature Park, the Sue's Pond Shorebird Migration Rest Stop, and hosting the Christmas bird count since 1956. This year, we're partnering with Anderson Seed and Garden, and all wild bird seed orders must be received by noon on Wednesday, October 19th. So that's Wednesday, October 19th is the deadline. Orders can be placed online at bridgelandaudubon.org. That's bridgelandaudubon, A-U-D-U-B-O-N dot org. Important to spell that out because a lot of people don't know how to spell Audubon. Um, bridgelandaudubon.org, that's Bridgeland, A-U-D-U-B-O-N.org. Uh, any questions, you can call 435-213-3668. That's 435-213-3668 to contact Bridgeland Audubon Society for their um, 
the uh, the bird seed uh, order and getting ready for that Christmas bird count. That's a, I, I love hearing from Hillary every time we do this show. She lets us know what the Audubon Society is, is up and, and running and doing good great things for our community. So appreciate her. Yeah, they uh, they do a lot of good, including they've, they have partnered with uh, UPR in the past on Wild About Utah, for example, and, uh, and other things. So they're a, they're a great member of, uh, of the community. So I'd like to give a shout out to the United Way. People may or may not have been aware, but um, they do a day of service that's tied to September 11th. And they had um, three different days that volunteers could go and perform acts of service for nonprofits throughout our community, as well as civic organizations. And um, Jimmy Berman did a great job of pulling together all of that. Um, at the end of at the end of the days of service, um, if you consider the fact that a volunteer's hour of service is worth over twenty nine dollars, they they completed about forty thousand dollars worth of work for various organizations in our community, from helping to clean up the cemetery, the Logan the Logan City Cemetery. Um, they came to Sunshine Terrace and helped us with the cleanup project. They did work at the Whittier Playground, working there. Um, I know they were all over the place. I, I don't know all of the different ones, but thanks to the United Way for kind of being that global umbrella organization that helps us know where we can help serve. But um, again, oh, close to $40,000 in service was provided over those three days. So thank you to the United Way. Well, that's amazing. A lot of a lot of great people out there. So we, uh, what we're doing here is we want to shine a light, um, albeit brief, on, on that person that you admire or that nonprofit that you support. Uh, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495 or upr.org. That's uh, upr.org. And um, uh, upraxcess at gmail.com, I should say, upraxcess at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from, uh, you know, the nonprofit in St. George. That would be awesome. Or Vernal or uh, Tory Teasdale, uh, Springdale maybe. Um, let me know what's going on in, in those great places. 800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with much more uh, in our Nonprofit Spotlight program. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're doing a Nonprofit Spotlight today, as we do well, about quarterly. We'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite person doing good in the community? Uh, what's your favorite nonprofit? We'd love to hear uh, uh, from folks around the state. We, we tend to get uh, calls from northern Utah. We're here in northern Utah, and, uh, but uh, I'd love to know what's going on in uh, St. George or Springdale or Torrey Teasdale or Vernal, um, Provo. Uh, let me know, calling 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We have with us for the hour Amy Anderson with the Sunshine Terrace Foundation. And joining us now in studio is Shanae Haller. Did I pronounce your last name correctly here? Haller. 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 Could you pull the microphone just a little bit closer? There you go. Uh, So, Shanae, what what would you like to uh, highlight for us? Yeah, get your get your uh, uh, seat adjusted there. <laughs> Pretty short. Um, I am uh, talking about. So I just uh, started with uh, Mental Health America of Utah, and I am their community outreach coordinator. And um, I also direct a nonprofit with a, it's called Justice by Objectives, and that's here locally in Cache County. Um, Mental Health America of Utah is uh, peers empowering peers. 
Um, what we're emphasizing and focusing on is helping improve the people that are marginalized the most, which are, you know, people incarcerated, as well as people that are, you know, suffering uh, homelessness. So we actually are developing, and the center is actually going to be opening up here soon in Salt Lake. And what it is doing is providing resources, services for the people that need it the most. And it's pretty awesome. We're really excited. Yeah, so that's wonderful. So tell us a little bit more. So you provide services to homeless, incarcerated, uh, as you say, marginalized folks. What what kinds of services? So what we're actually providing, so we're going to provide different classes, life skills, um, coaching in any sort. Uh, we're going to have like different fitness options. So there's going to be like yoga, meditation. Um, there's going to be Tai Chi. I mean, we're just going to focus on anything to improve their mental health, um, as well as just improve our communities because they're the ones that need the help the most. And right now we don't have as many resources. And I think this would be a perfect place if it's just all in one center and just providing all those services and having that other peer just extending out like, hey, did you take that yoga class? And they're like, oh my gosh, no, I've never tried yoga. So then once you hear that word of mouth and everyone starts to kind of try out those different options and we're just trying to improve improve our communities because right now a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are going through a lot of hard times right now and um, it's unfortunate. And um, I'm just happy that there are people within our communities and amazing organizations that are all working together to improve that. Um, but definitely uh, the biggest issue right now is um, helping improve on our mental mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so where, are the ser- where will the services be available? Um, so it's going to be in Salt Lake. In it's, Salt Lake? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we yeah. uh, used uh, the old Ramada Inn, and so they're under construction right now. Um, and so we will start developing everything next week, and it's super exciting. Um, I just met with, um, she's an uh, you know, the executive director, and it's just been blossoming, and we're just kind of bouncing off ideas, and I, I can't wait for it to, I mean, future plans. Like in every, <laughs> every area of Utah, it would be an amazing, amazing um, you know, center to have, um, and that's kind of what I was doing with uh, you know, my own nonprofit that I, I, I started. And it's just amazing to see that other people are doing the same thing. So we're just all working together. And it's awesome. Collaboration is an important way to get things done, isn't it? Exactly. Yes, 100%. And there's so many amazing organizations once you start diving deep into it. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, look at these. I cry daily because they're just <laughs> I'm like, like I Maloof Foundation. I'm pretty sure um, Sam Maloof is a robot, but <laughs> because of just the amazing things that he does for our community, same with Jill from Capsule. Like, just there's so many amazing people that are trying to, you know, help those people that are marginalized the most and the people that are suffering the most. And it's amazing. So, how do you um, assist individuals who are incarcerated? Is it while they're while they are, or helping them transition to life outside of uh, outside of serving their time? What can you explain a little bit about how you help those? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I do both. So, with justice by objectives, and then also with the Mental Health America, we also want to emphasize and and focus on um, both both avenues. So, gearing them and preparing them. So. so you know, we're working closely with the jails, we're working closely with officers and getting them um, prepared. So like a month before they're going to be released, um, getting them prepared, like, hey, what do you what do you want to do future plan wise? Like, where are you going to do you want to go to school? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do, you know, just kind of setting them up in that pathway and putting their um, their mind, you know, into a positive 
and um, just getting them prepared, getting their families prepared, getting everyone prepared um, so that they can live a successful life and not feel that overwhelm when they come back into society. Um, so we work with both. I'll go inside and um, visit with incarcerated individuals. They're amazing. And just uh, I'll meet with them and we go over, you know, hey, just like I was saying, you know, and have them take notes, have them start doing those, have them look through books, have them get the idea. So it's it, it's their option. It's, it's their choice. It's their future. And so just placing those ideas and those resources, just kind of sprinkling it to them um, provides them the assistance, but also um, makes them feel heard and appreciated. And then they are more successful in society as well, because some of them don't have support. And I think for most of us, having a sense of purpose, having a goal and an objective is really important. So thanks for providing that opportunity for people to think through what is next for me, as opposed to focusing on the past. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. Like, I have seen it so much. If you just give someone just a little light, you know, and they're just, hey, oh, I heard you like drawing. Oh, cool. Oh, you want to do tattoos? Oh my gosh, well, you should probably look into like the health department, look in what, do you need to get certification for this? What What do you need to do? And then it gives them the tools, but they start investigating on their own. It gives them the opportunity to be individuals, but also independent, but also sometimes they're scared to ask those questions. So it gives them the opportunity to kind of do it on their own, but also allowing them to have that support. So how have you been um, gathering volunteers for the, the services that you've been providing, and how is the Salt Lake organization trying to find volunteers? So that's what I'm I'm doing right now. Yeah, just <laughs> it, um, justice by objectives with my baby. So I was a little, you know, and it, it's hard sometimes with um, people wanting to volunteer with going into jails or going into recovery facilities if 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 they haven't gone through recovery themselves. But there are a lot of people within, like, meetings, within, you know, recovery centers, within, um, uh, you know, different organizations that I've been helping. So it's just extending out that invitation if they want to. I know that people are, are busy, but eventually once that center comes, you know, once it's open, we are pleased. If anyone wants to volunteer and help, um, we want to do classes, art therapy, you know, music therapy, uh, just anything to help um, better our community. So, yes, volunteers. I ask, but um, I'm, I'm learning that I, I'm not the best at asking for help sometimes. Um, but if anyone would join like the to club. Help, <laughs> yeah, right. If anyone would like to help, yes, please, because these people need support. We need more support in our communities for the people that are um, suffering the most. Uh, so uh, what are the best contact points if somebody wants to help? Oh, thank you so much. Um, mm. So I have, you know, pamphlets that I pass out. I also can, you know, link, give anyone um, the website as well as, you know, my contact information. Um, and then we can just link them from there. And So, yeah, so the website. Uh, give us the website. Yeah, yeah. of course. Sorry. I have to, so mm. it's mhautah.org. And then justice by objectives is justice um, slash uh, objectives dot uh, slash sorry I'm saying that completely because I'm, I'm spelling it out with my hands right now so justice slash objectives dot org I'm just googling it here or uh, justice by objectives yeah. so they each have a slash in between okay uh, justice by objectives dot org correct okay and then uh, M-A- M-H-A uh, Utah dot org correct okay 
Great. So those are the two, probably the easiest uh, places for people to get a hold of you, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I, um, I'm focusing more so Mental Health America of Utah. I mean, this is an amazing program that will help so many different um different communities and I'm super excited about it and we are super excited about it and I just can't wait um, for the future. All right, we'll <laughs> emphasize then mhautah.org. mhautah.org. You can get a hold of Shanae and uh, and uh, help. I guess there's a lot of ways to help. So so just uh, just go to that website mhautah.org. Well, Shanae, thanks for for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate I appreciate it. A lot. it. Um, let's, uh, Amy, any, anything else you'd like to spotlight here? So let me, I mean, not to be self-serving, but I'd love to talk about what we do at Sunshine Terrace because yes. I think we're one of the oldest nonprofits here in the Valley. We've been here for almost 75 years and we are actually in need of volunteers ourselves right now. We are starting up what we're calling our breakfast club, um, Trust me, they're not going to be dancing in the library <laughs> like the, like that old breakfast club movie, but, um, Every morning, we would love to have volunteers come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 8 until about 9.30 or 10, just to spend time with those individuals that have made their home with us in in our long-term care facility, Um, sharing current events, reading the paper with them, doing art projects, um, playing games, or even just conversing as a way to kind of kick off their day. Um, breakfast is served pretty early in the morning. And um, so we're finding that it would be really wonderful to have individuals. So people of all ages are we're looking that they might be willing to come in and spend that, that morning time. We'd like people to commit, um, if possible, to I'll come on Mondays or I'll come on Wednesdays or I'll come on Fridays and just uh, join in and, and have that opportunity. I know for me, I miss my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you're a maybe you're a young adult who's like, gosh, I really miss grandma and grandpa and you'd like to come in and, and spend some time. Or, you know, like me, maybe your parents have passed away and you kind of still would like that intergenerational contact. So we're encouraging people. So if they're interested in doing that, they can give me a call at my office. It's 435-754-0233. Um, but yeah, so we're looking to kick off uh, a breakfast club at Sunshine Terrace's skilled nursing and rehab center. So that's that's something we're up to. Okay, that's great. Yeah, some great folks down there, some great residents down there. And I think people might be a little resident, a uh, little reticent, uh, thinking, well, what about COVID? But I guess right, you you can you can go in. Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when our when you know, as long as as you know, depending on the individual, we allow our residents. If you are visiting them in their room, you can. It's up to them to decide whether or not they want their visitor to be masked. So, um, lots of lots of choices um, for the people that live with us. Yeah. So, and one other thing we're doing, I've talked with you about this in the past, Tom. Too is we're we're kicking off our dementia dialogue series today. Actually, from three thirty to five, it's a basic class for individuals that are caregiving for somebody with dementia, and we're doing that and um, hosting it. It's being hosted for us this time around by Logan Regional Hospital. So if people are interested in coming to that, it starts today, runs for the Tuesdays in October. If you can't make all of them, that's fine. But we'd love to be there to help individuals understand the impact a dementia-related disease has on communication, on behavior, how to create a safe environment for people. I think we're all aware right now that 
hiring is very difficult for so many organizations here in the Valley, from fast food centers to, I don't know if UPR is, is dealing with that, um, to, to healthcare organizations. So giving people those skills and tools to do what they can for as long as they can on their own is really important. So I think now more, more so than ever, families that are caregiving coming to a class, becoming educated, learning what you can do to provide the best care possible will enable you to, to take care of a loved one at home. Wonderful. I appreciate that. Um, I want to highlight uh, Red Cross. Um, this is uh, somebody from Red Cross uh, emailed me to upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, I'm guessing this wasn't a, a response to my appeal recently. I think it was a regular uh, press release, but it's, it's important nonetheless. Um, So I'll just read part of this. The American Red Cross of Utah is urging residents to give blood to help ensure patients in areas devastated by Hurricane Ian uh, continue to have access to life-saving blood. More than a thousand potential donations had to go uncollected in recent days as floodwaters and dangerous conditions canceled blood drives throughout Florida, making the need for donations from non-affected areas even greater. And uh, so, yeah, the, the need goes up and then the blood collection events get canceled because of the hurricane. Uh, So they're looking to places like Utah. So they're encouraging you to give blood and uh, to help out folks in Florida. Go to redcrossblood.org, redcrossblood.org to uh, set an appointment, or call 800-RED-CROSS, 800-RED-CROSS to to set an appointment to give some blood, and that could help somebody in Florida affected by the hurricane. I wish I wasn't a fainter. Uh, <laughs> Every really? time yeah, I try to yeah, donate blood, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm a, I fail. But <laughs> absolutely, if you can, please do that. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah. Uh, since we got you here in studio, Shanae, we, you know, we've talked about uh, we'll, we'll direct people again to uh, mhautah.org, right, to help mental health to America. I'm wondering how how you got involved in you know certain nonprofit you. You created a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that happen? Because a lot of people have ideas. Mm-hmm. What uh, critical step to actually do it? What happened with you? Um, I had um, just my own uh, personal experiences within the criminal justice system that I saw a lot of imperfections and things that I could improve on. Mm. Not saying that there were bad things. I'm just saying that there's you know the. The criminal justice system and the law is ambiguous for a purpose. And once people start communicating those, the ambiguity of, of certain parts, I think that highlights and then helps improve. I think that um, there are a lot of people, like how you were saying, um, uh, that are suffering with um, keeping people employed, um, healthcare workers, law enforcement, certain things. and we need to empower those people the most. And I was, you know, just seeing little things that, that I felt, um, needed improvement on. And I advocate, uh, a lot for uh, law enforcement to get a lot more funding. I think that they should and have, um, more say within the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, they see everything firsthand and I think that they should be incorporated more. Um, um, but that's, that's where I got the passion from. I saw a lot of people not having support, as well. I mean, I, I was working with someone that had been incarcerated um, for two years, uh, you know, and his family's not nearby. And it's unfortunate. And at that moment, he was still, you know, fighting a case because he was innocent. So for two years, you're sitting in there and you're not having support for that amount of time just breaks my heart. 
And so I just started seeing more and more people that needed that support. And then I started researching a lot more and working with other organizations in the community and then just finding all of the amazing people that there are. And then it just drove my purpose and passion more. And then I found Mental Health America um, um, from from a, another peer that extended out that, um, you know, that job offer. And it's been amazing ever since. And I just love seeing seeing all these people that are, are making a difference and trying to help improve our, our communities because um, I've seen a lot of people suffering from, and, um, you know, after everything that has developed from COVID and Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, just, um, you know, housing crisis, everything, you know, just natural disasters, just anything that's going to harm our mental state and and affect people. So I just, I just want to help in any way. And so I see that there's a lot of individuals doing the same. So that's where the Mm -hmm. passion came from. Wonderful. Thank you for, for telling a bit of your story there. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're doing this spotlight to encourage, uh, you know, to just to, encourage this right we we amy anderson we need this right it, it, a lot of people are doing good but we probably need more folks to do exactly good. so you mentioned sam maloof i think you know just to shout out to them the maloof foundation on the 18th of this month is going to be doing a digital safety conference for families which i think is pretty spectacular you can go to to their website but they have speakers talking about nurturing parent-child relationships about managing screen time navigating inappropriate content because you know their focus seems to be very much on protecting children um, but this is a way it's a free um, virtual um, safety conference so I encourage you to go look at that as a parent give yourself the tools that you need to protect your child um, from making those maybe strategic errors um, and for you as a parent to, to know with confidence that what you're doing is the right thing so yeah again thanks to the Malou Foundation for everything that they do oh they're a they are amazing. They are absolutely <laughs> amazing, as well as um, um, the family place as well. Like all of those mm-hmm. resource tools just to help, you know, parenting. Utah State as well. Holy moly. You, you don't see how much, you know, once you start diving in that extension program, you know, it's incredible. I think what they do within our state is phenomenal yeah shout out to the extension program and you, you mentioned the family place excuse mm-hmm. me um so we'll do a shout out to them familyplaceutah.org it's a good place to a good place to go um well let's uh, let's take a break um come back with our final segment with our nonprofit spotlight Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, we're joined by for the hour by Amy Anderson from Sunshine Terrace Foundation. And uh, we are shining a light on your favorite nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. Love to hear from you. A couple of ways you can uh, join us, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. We had this uh, email come in from uh, Cesaria Kreitz, um, foster coordinator for Cash Humane Society. And she says, we are Cash Valley's only nonprofit community clinic and adoption center. With a busy year this year, we're in need of more donations for wet cat and dog food, blankets, and basic cleaning supplies. Visit uh, cashhumane.org for more information. So that's cashhumane.org. I'll say it again, cashhumane.org. And they are in need of more donations for wet cat and dog food, blankets, and basic cleaning supplies. 
So thanks for that, Cesaria. And uh, we will certainly point people in that direction. And uh, if you'd like to help there, uh, cashhumane.org is the place to go, cashhumane.org. Great. Do you have another one you'd like to I, I do. Amy? You know, I think sometimes we forget that our civic organizations are also places that, that do good for our community. Um, I'd like to thank the members of the Open Space Committee that looked at um, surveying and identifying what might be of benefit to Cache Valley. Um, sometimes people give uh, unselfishly of their time. So I'd just like to give out a shout out to Jack Draxler, to Eric Elison, and to Steve Daniels for the work that they did on that. Um, you know, it's on the ballot in November, so I think I hope people learn about it, get informed, make their own decision about where they think that ballot initiative should go. But it takes often those individuals who are willing to dedicate their time to to try to start to move um, civic and legislative things forward. So thanks to those three for the, for the work that they did for at least getting the conversation started, so that we as a community can decide what direction we'd like to go in. Yeah, thanks for highlighting uh, those individuals. That's that's work that needs to be done, right? Yeah. Um, so we go next to Esther Lee Molyneux, uh, who is uh, on the line. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Tom. So uh, Sinead mentioned the family place uh, earlier in the program, and, and I guess in years past we would have had you on in connection with the family place. What, what, what are you up to these days? <laughs> well, I, you know, what a treat to be back uh, with Utah Public Radio I retired from the family place and from another nonprofit after serving for 35 years. And my retirement turned out to be something I wasn't quite planning on. <laughs> so, uh, so fair warning to all those considering retirement. But a dear friend and I have opened a wellness cafe in Richmond, Utah, called the Soulful Cafe, where we're integrating mental health plus healthy food. Oh, well, uh, wow, that's uh, that sounds amazing. What uh, tell us a little more about what you do there. Sure. So, first of all, all of our menu items are made from scratch. Um, healthy for the most part, we have a few treats. But really our emphasis is on providing mental wellness. So we do training for our staff and every customer that comes in when they order an item they're automatically saying a positive affirmation to themselves. For example, we offer a variety of acai bowls that are named I am awesome or I am enough. And so when they stand and order that, it's a way to start talking positively uh, to ourselves. Uh, I just uh, I, I just uh, dialed you up here. Um, make sure you put the extra L on the full, right? Uh, because there, yes. there, there are other soulful uh, things out there, but soulful with a double L, soulfulcafeutah.com is where you go. At you least got the website. it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I can tell you part of the motivating factor for this is, you know, just my personal experience and insight into COVID. I feel like one of the most devastating outcomes was our lack of connection. And we reflect a lot on Brene Brown, who's a researcher out of Texas, and she told a story about a village where all the women used to wash their clothes together down by the river. And when they all got washing machines, there was a sudden outbreak of depression, and no one could quite figure out <laughs> why. And it wasn't the washing machine in and of itself, but it was actually the time that they spent doing things together. So there was the absence of community once those 
you know, once they became modernized. And, you know, I was looking at some research recently, and it, it stated that being lonely affects the length of our life expectancy, similar to smoking 15 cigarettes, excuse me, 15 cigarettes per day. So back to COVID and feeling isolated and lonely and thinking about everybody needs to eat. And also combining the fact that there is a stigma against getting mental health support. So we thought if we could create this cafe where people could be exposed to wellness, and we teach a variety of workshops there, and they can eat healthy, then maybe this is a unique um, way to receive support and have connection. Well, that sounds wonderful. We're, we're just about out of time. Uh, love to talk more about it, but we'll point people to the to the uh, website. Invite people to, to come out to Richmond, I guess, right? Yeah, yes, we'd love to see you. Uh, by the way, that I love this, the, those events, uh, it's under the tab Laundry Time on the website. Yes. So you call, right. you call it Laundry that's Time. That's, yes. <laughs> that's great. You that's wonderful. <laughs> well, Esther Lee knows she's involved now in the Soulful Cafe up in Richmond. SoulfulCafeUtah.com is, is where to go. Uh, thank you so much for telling us about this. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Amy Anderson, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming in. You're welcome, Tom. Again, this is a highlight of my quarter, um, just being able to to talk to and hear from individuals that are doing good in our community. It's a it's a wonderful place that we live. Um, our our state, not just our not just up here in northern Utah. And hopefully, next time we do this, we'll get some of the the people from down south to that, call in and let right. us know what they're up to as well. That's right. And uh, in studio with us has been uh, Shanae Heller. Thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We'll uh, highlight again um, mhautah.org, uh, right? mhautah.org mm-hmm. is a place to go for Mental Health America of Utah. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Access Utah. We'll go out as we do on Tuesdays with uh, Citizens Academy and Richard Radliff. Welcome to Session 10 of Citizens Academy, produced by Utah Public Radio. I'm Richard Ratliff. Two weeks ago, I described the characteristics of good relationships. Now let's discuss a really bad one. When I shared my ideas for this commentary with my son, he said, you may have some people asking what you've been smoking. He could be right. Maybe I am riding a wild wind of fantasy, but correct principles should apply even in difficult cases, and this is a difficult case, and I am confident of the principles. Okay, here goes. Last week, Russia's Vladimir Putin implied that he is willing to start World War III if anyone tries to stop him and his Russian followers from usurping Ukraine. How might relationism deal with that? Let's review what is required for a healthy relationship. Mutual benefit, mutual pleasantness, compatible purposes, mutual respect, mutual trust, means to conduct the relationship. Violate any of these requirements, the relationship suffers. The more serious the violation, the greater the harm, the higher the cost. In this case, we see extraordinary violations of all six requirements. We see extraordinary harm and extraordinarily high cost. In his obsession to claim Ukraine, Mr. Putin is trying to annex Russian-occupied areas of Ukraine into the Russian state. He says attacks on these areas would constitute direct attacks on Russia, thereby justifying his use of nuclear weapons in its war on Ukraine, prompting Ukraine to apply for membership in NATO, which has its own rule, 
that an attack on one NATO country is an attack on them all, creating the obligation of them all to join the fight against Russia, whose close relationship with China may persuade China to join the fight on the Russian side. You can see where this is going. Not a pretty picture. Mr. Putin has established himself as a predatory bully of the worst order. Five strategies help deal with predators and bullies. The rules for both are the same. Number one, convert the predator into a cooperative relationship-based member of society. Number two, isolate the predator from society. He isn't allowed to play anymore. Number three, incapacitate the predator, rendering him impotent in society. Number four, protect the victims and potential victims from the predator. Difficult and very expensive, and the predator never really goes away. Number five, in every case, continue to try to establish the six requirements for a healthy relationship so that the predator eventually may rejoin society. This effort includes encouraging the predator to develop the competence to participate in healthy relationships, to act with integrity and responsibility in society, and to acquire a genuine concern for the welfare of others. It also includes committing ourselves to act with competence, integrity, responsibility, and compassion as a worthy partner and model in our continued relationship with the predator. We can combine these strategies. For example, suppose Putin's army and its leaders decided to turn around and go home, replace Putin with a relationship-based leader, and isolate Putin until he became fit for society. Also, Russia could send reparations for the next 100 years to help rebuild Ukraine and the relationships they've decimated. Meanwhile, other countries could help protect and rebuild Ukraine at least until it can function as an independent nation again, well integrated into the world's economy. Finally, the West might use various diplomatic means to build a healthy relationship with Russia, establishing the six requirements and helping Russia rejoin the world community. Your answers may differ, but probably include a similar combination. I like number one, convert Putin and his army, leaders and all. Unrealistic? Maybe. But then, who would have thought that President Biden, a liberal Democrat, and Florida Governor DeSantis, a conservative Republican, would ever work on the same side of anything, even for a moment? Yet, we have just seen their remarkable cooperation in preparation for and response to the devastating Hurricane Ian. When their purposes coincided, the friction disappeared. Might the Russian army just decide to go home? Maybe not, but wouldn't it be nice? What would it take to persuade them? It's worth a thought. As a voter, I'm looking for leaders who would defend our interests, yes, but importantly, who might build healthy society in the process. This is Richard Ratliff. I am a political relationist. You may be too. I hope so. Thanks for listening. Till next time.